Welcome back, everyone. This is the Bless You Boys podcast. BlessYouBoys.com is your home for all things Detroit Tigers baseball on the SB Nation platform. I'm your host, Brandon Day, and with me, my co-host, Ashley McLennan. Ashley, what's up? Not too much. Yeah, you just got yourself back from uh, ye old Florida, right? Yeah, I was in Florida for six days. Unfortunately, not to cover spring training. That would have been super fun. Um, but I did do a six-hour round-trip drive just to see about two hours of a Tigers-Yankees game at George Steinbrenner, which the Tigers lost tremendously because it was a split-squad game, uh, and we got the real B-team. Like, B-team is probably being polite. Oh. It was, it was. I think, the only two guys that were on the starting that would were going to show up in Detroit this year were were Hicks and Stewart, and everyone else was pretty much just like the who. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, not so great. Yeah, beautiful stadium. It was my first time ever going to a spring training game, so it was a lot of fun. Um, but it was definitely not exciting baseball. We got to see uh, a Aaron Hick and Aaron Judge home run get tipped out of the park. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> which it. was pretty spectacular. Who did that, Victor Reyes? And it was Reyes, I think. Yeah. And um, and then I got to watch a pretty cool unassisted double play by the Yankees against the Tigers. So it was uh, it was some entertaining baseball, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. This is just kind of a weird time. We've been talking about this behind the scenes at the site. But uh, like the first week or two of spring training is like, you know, we're just absolutely stoked. And like every little bit of news and content that comes out, we're really excited about. And then all the hot takes start and then the counter the counter takes kick in and then by now we're just like all right can we have real baseball please yeah please kind of kind of already running out of steam like you just you can't take that much out of spring training and we're all trying to but we're we all know we shouldn't so yeah this happens every time this time of year and um our buddy john marlette who writes for the site had a pretty good piece up on bless you boys today just kind of like taking a a light-hearted look at the the stages the stages of spring training and yes, we're into the stage where it's like, can they at least be on TV? Because there haven't even been oh my uh, God, any televised games like the past week. It's been bad. Although it was funny because my friend who I may or may not share an MLB TV account with um, messaged me on Sunday while I happened to be at the Tigers-Yankees game. And he's like, I'm watching my first game of the season. And I'm like, does it happen to be this one? And I sent him a picture of the field and he's like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, I'm way ahead of you, sir. And I'm like, I'm watching it in real time. No delays here. Yep. So, I mean, there've been some, you know, there's been some fun things. Like, it's been pretty cool seeing Casey Mize in particular um, make a really good impression on everybody. Um, They sent him down to um, minor league camp today after um, he had another excellent one inning outing yesterday, in which he was like pumping like 97, 98 mile per hour fastballs, which is actually beyond what I'd ever really heard that he could throw. Like I'd heard yeah, 97 it was always was, up to 95 kind of. Yeah. Maybe 96, zone. seven here and there, but yeah. So, um, he was obviously kind of amped up and probably, you know, trying to take advantage to, uh, you know, kind of put on to a dazzle. good performance and yeah, dazzle a to little impress. bit. Yeah. He's definitely, he's definitely, I, you know what? They always say that spring training is kind of for those guys that aren't ready to make the big team. It's really their opportunity to kind of show the higher ups what they've, 
got because you want to be the guy that they're going to call on in in AAA or in AA for the next call up, right? And that's your chance to really show them that they should be doing that. And Mize was practically auditioning to go straight to Detroit. Like I, none of us expected or ever thought that anything like that would happen and it won't. But he's definitely, he was making a case for it. Yeah, I mean, if the Tigers were in the Astros situation where they've got Forrest Whitley, who's, I think, only 20, um, and they're, you know, and, and they're looking to make a run again this year, like, a team like that might push them push up. I could see Casey Mize, you know, is probably more major league ready than Forrest Whitley is even. Um, Forrest Whitley, if you're not aware, is probably the number one pitching prospect in all the baseball um, but yeah, in the Tigers' circumstance, there's just no reason trying to rush him. So it, it actually sounds like they're going to start him at Lakeland um, and keep him out of the cold weather for a month or so, or something like that, and then then send him to uh, Erie. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean it does. It's, at some point, he's going to have to learn things... how to, you know, kind of pitch in the bad <laughs> conditions. But he doesn't need to like dive right in that way in his first. Well, no, it's it's definitely one of those things where you don't even think of it on that logical level, right? Like the first thing you ha- happens when you hear, "Oh, they're starting him at Lakeland." It's like, come on, guys, he's better than that, uh, and he is. But even the most logical of us forget that there is a simple factor, and it's that Florida weather is nicer and better on arms. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And you know, especially when you're you know you're making your debut, you were the number one overall pick um you know there's all kinds of incentives for a young man in that situation to overdo it and try to do too much so like you know they're just going to try to like convince him as much as possible to take it easy um he's been really impressive like just hearing him talk about like some of his off-season work and how he um I think he went back to Auburn and kind of work with the the coaching staff there and they have all the new toys that the Tigers and everybody else finally bought into this year with the Rapsodo devices and the edutronic cameras and all that. So he spent quite a bit of time um, working with that stuff and trying to hone a new slider. Um, and just, just kind of hearing him talk about it was just nice because it was just pretty, it was pretty evident that he really understood what he was doing and, and the utility of all those, um, all the technology and what it can do for you in your training. So that was kind of a cool little bit, but um yeah, you know, he he was never going to make the make the roster and he did exactly what he needed to do, which is just come in not uh, you know, not stand out except when he was on the mound and, you know, and just go about his work. So, um all systems are go there and you know, that was kind of the hotness. There there hasn't really been a lot of other exciting news. Yeah. Like Mig um you know, the, I guess the good thing is, you know, Mig Miggy so far looks looks healthy and has been hitting the ball well. Um cranked and one to right center the other day. Very very confident in himself. Yep, he seems to be feeling quite chipper. Um, he's been talking a little smack. Like, uh, yeah. he came out today and, you know, was kind of talking about how, you know, he doesn't understand why fans get mad about what he gets paid now when, you know, his first five years he didn't get paid anything near what he was worth, which is a perfectly reasonable point, although I don't know why he felt the need to comment on that other than the fact that some intrepid reporter was pressing him on the on the, on the question. Um, but he also, what was the other thing he posted that, uh, he posted that sign, like less talk, more work. Oh, is that what, yeah, I missed that. Yeah, you were gone, but yeah, sign Miggy. And, uh, and it was an official, you know, like he obviously had the sign made somewhere and put it up in the clubhouse down there, which was great. I love that. that, was, oh, that was I good. love it. Yeah. So, you know. And then what, Matuk had a two home run game the other day or what was I just making that up? Nope. He did. Yep. He's actually yeah, been that's... swinging the bat. Great. Yeah. It's one of his best spring trainings that he's ever had with the Tigers so far, that's for sure. Yeah, and he's kind of had a habit of being bad in the spring. Real real bad in spring. And, like, I mean, I think he might have learned from it because last year he stayed up less than a month before they shipped him to Toledo. So part of me is thinking he really took that to heart. 
and was like, I'm not going to AAA. I'm staying in the the bigs this year, and it, it seems to be showing so far. So bless his heart. Yeah, I mean, he's got to realize like the situation he's in, where if you know if he doesn't put it together and kind of be the guy that he can be occasionally in little streaks, um, a lot more this year, like you know. He's just going to kick around the minor leagues and his career is going to be over. Um, you know, he, he really needs to kind of put something together and, and make an impression and win himself a job right out of spring training and, and kind of commit to it. You know, I remember him saying kind of the same thing like the past two years, you know, about how he, you know, he, he knew he had to be more consistent and not take anything for granted. But then he'd say the same thing the next year, like, oh, you know, I, I got a little complacent. And it's like, you better stop you better stop being complacent. You can't go through this every year where you're like later yeah. on in the season realize like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. So, yeah, seems like uh, seems like he bought in. And that's cool. You know, I, I, it'd be nice to have, um, you know, Mikey swinging the bat well. Um, that would give the Tigers a little more option. That would be very nice, especially in a lineup that's kind of deeply mired with meh. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Tigers, like, I don't know. It's an interesting team. And um, Kyle Yost wrote a piece on the site about the, you know, kind of, we were kind of talking about like the Tigers are kind of embracing the, the utility man concept of having a bunch of, you know, hopefully versatile guys who can move around and and play part-time. And yeah, Mikey Matu could, could be a part of that. Um, Right now the Tigers have three outfielders who seem like locks, but Jacoby Jones, you know, just, you know, just may not hit. We just, we just don't really know what's going to be there. So there's definitely an opportunity. Um, I don't really like the idea of Mikey playing center field in Comerica, but you know. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) is there much to our outfield to like? I don't know. There's there's plenty to like uh, offensively. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yes, absolutely. Which is, you know, to be fair, a lot more important than the defensive side. It it is more important, but uh, yeah, it's not. I I know, but is am I the only one who cares about defense? I might be. (laughs) Apparently, because Jose Jose Iglesias couldn't get a job, right? I must be because I'm the I'm also the only one who said that Kristen Stewart was going to be a disappointment this season because of his offense. So apparently, I am the only one that cares about the balls being caught. No, definitely not. I care. I just think you know, you know, it just you just have to kind of keep it proportional. Like in in my mind, the problem with having bad defense is it makes your in it, because the Tigers aren't obviously going to win anything. Um, you know, as it makes your pitchers look worse, if, if more hits are falling in and you're given, you know, extra outs to, to the opposing team, it makes it harder on your pitchers and we need our pitchers to look good so that we can trade them. It's a whole, you know, it's a whole chain of nonsense <laughs> yeah. that, that can unfold if your defense is really bad. But, um, but by the same token, like, you know, obviously, you know, even if you make an error or this or that, it, you know, if the run doesn't score, it doesn't really end up mattering. So sometimes like the defensive grading, I think can, can, you know, it's, it may be relatively accurate to what the guy does, but the actual impact on individual games sometimes can be overstated. But um, I don't know. You know, I've asked this question on Twitter a couple of times and, and no one seems to have a good answer. But it's, you know, if defense isn't so important, then why can't then why don't teams want Nick Castellanos? And if defense is so important, why couldn't Jose Iglesias get a job? You know, it's, it's oh, like that's such. It's Chicken just a weird egg, man. It's so complicated. Yeah, and... it's just a weird thing, you know. Like you can't, you can't argue on the one hand that, like, oh, we don't want Castellanos. You know, we need, you know, we need strong defense. You know, in our, in our lineup and whatever. And then by the same token, like have all these like good defenders who don't hit particularly well just sitting around. You know, no one wants them either. So it's like, what, what, what are we really saying here? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe Alavila was asking for the moon for Nick. I don't know. 
Yeah, you know what? It might have been like it could have been that whole situation with Fulmer again, where it, what he wanted just wasn't a price that anyone was willing to meet. And or, I uh, think you, that you mean like JD or no? I mean like with because there was oh, all yeah. the discussion right of Fulmer with the Yankees right. and how they just weren't willing to offer the prospects that Al wanted. Or I mean that's all supposition, right? We never heard anything official on that, but that really did seem to be deep into the rumor mill in the off season last year and. And now I wonder if maybe he didn't learn a lesson by seeing, you know, the way this market's gone. You you trade for what you can because otherwise you're going to lose him for nothing. Yeah, or as we've said, you know, just just freaking extend him. Like just, oh just my figure God. it out. The yeah. most the most obvious thing. Like look at all these teams. We talked about this two weeks ago in the last time we did the podcast, and since then there have been even more team friendly deals that have gone down. And it, it just strikes me as being an absolute no-brainer to just give the guy a contract. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I don't know. May, maybe they've talked about it and then Nick is just dead set on going to free agency. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, that's that's the only way to sort of, like, break through the situation they're in where he's just going to walk away and unless they can – and then they're going to have a decision whether or not to, to offer him, you know, $18 million as a qualifying offer next year. And he might just say, eh. All right, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they're out of luck. So, and if and if they decide they're worried about that and they don't offer it to him, then we get nothing and he's gone. So, yeah, I don't know. It's still, I you and I have been making this case since 2016. <laughs> like, just extend the man. No, for I've, I've sakes. literally written this article since before. Like, it you know, it's just logical to me. But we are not in charge of the team, unfortunately. <sighs> So, or fortunately, because I would not want to be in their shoes, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, and I'm also, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I could do some consulting, but I also think it would be an absolute disaster if, were, were I to be put in a position of responsibility right now <laughs> on a major league team. Or blame, as the case would be. Yeah, this is something all baseball writers need need to constantly remind themselves, is that, mm, you know, you can figure out some stuff from afar, but when you're actually in there, I'm sure it's much different, so... Yeah. Actually, Ron and I were talking about this the other night and he was kind of saying like, you know, yeah, you know, just think of what we could do if we were the Tigers pitching coaches. And I was just like, oh, my God, how about we go be the twins pitching coaches and really fuck those guys up? Because <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think that would go well. I don't know. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, you know, the Nick thing is is one part of it. But um, as, as far as the flexibility utility man idea, like they had um, Nico Goodrum playing center field today. Um, you know, they're trying him out in a couple places. Um, they seem to be, you know, pretty well committed to the idea that, you know, Nico is going to flex all over the, all over the diamond. Um, there might be someone else, maybe like a Brandon Dixon or something that they, that they bring along in that role as well to kind of play a bunch of different positions. Um, we're just going to have to kind of see how that goes, but boy, Nico, uh, Nico can hit and Nico is, is having a good spring with the bat so far from what I've seen. And, uh, if he can play center field and not be a disaster out there, that would, uh, that would be excellent if he could kind of pair him with Jacoby. So I'm all... It does does kind of make me sad to see him not get a permanent position, like a, you know, be the everyday second baseman. I get it. We, you know, upgraded, but at the same time, I was really hoping to have a full season of him just getting to kind of show his medal at one place. Yeah, so was I actually. And, yeah. And yeah. So I, I think because I, I honestly think he could have had a really strong, like, continuation of last season if given some stability. Um, and I just don't think we're going to see that with him, Andrew Romining, all over the place. Yeah, I mean, Gardy did say today that, you know, they they were really going to kind of try to make sure they got him, you know, 450, 500 ABs this year. 
Um, a full-time role is usually more like 650. And if they can do that and, and at least get them, you know, close to 500, I, you know, that's probably fine. Um, you know, and, and that flexibility does make him kind of valuable. So I don't know. We'll just see how it goes. You know, there's no guarantee that he's going to be able to handle center field. It seems like he has the speed at least b- better than Mikey does to play mm-hmm. center field. So we'll see if he can kind of pick it up as he, as he goes and at least be able to hang out there. But as an experiment, I'm, I'm pretty well okay with it. And we'll see, you know, hopefully Josh Harrison's an upgrade, but you know, that, that definitely remains to be seen as well, I suppose. That's true. Although speaking of which, did you hear this? I loved this little tidbit out of, out of the spring training hot gossip mill is that apparently according to to Josh Harrison, that he and Jordy Mercer refer to each other as salt and pepper. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was sort of, I, I do really enjoy the fact that you're kind of getting this tandem pair that did play together in Pittsburgh. I think that that, kind of instant camaraderie is actually going to be really beneficial on the field in, in that they do know each other and have played together before. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, so, veterans, you know, with a lot of experience yeah. and seem like really quality guys who should be good for, you know, the, the coaching staff in the, in the yeah. clubhouse and stuff. Yeah. Cause I mean, when, when Jose Iglesias came back after his season off, there was kind of that awkward pause between him and Ian Kinsler when they weren't quite on the same wavelength and it took them a little while to develop that rhythm together. And, and ultimately they worked out to be a really tremendous pair at second and shortstop. They were, they were fun to watch. They really understood each other on the field. And I, and I do think we're going to see a little bit of that between these two now that they do have that kind of built in relationship. And I think that in and of itself is going to be kind of interesting to watch in the beginning of the season. Yeah, that should be, that should be kind of interesting. I agree. And um, yeah, you know, the, the two of them are, are solid and yeah, I mean, Ian Kensler and, Jose Iglesias, I think, for two or three years were, you know, pretty far and away the best double play oh, combination defensively so in the game. Fun. So I don't know if we'll get that, but yeah, yeah. Some, no, somewhere it, it in the won't middle. be the dazzle, but it'll still be, I think, a pretty quality matchup. Yeah, I seem to remember like 20, how was it, 2016 it must have been, which was like the first time that they were playing together regularly and... Like I think Iggy like backhanded a, a ball to Kinsler as they oh were God, turning a double that. play. It was and Kinsler so was Kinsler, yeah, and Kinsler like made the play, but his eyes were like real big. Like what the hell was that? And uh, and yeah, I remember them laughing and talking about it afterward. And that seemed like yeah, kind of the start of like, okay, this is a whole different breed of shortstop. I'm gonna have to get used to. Yeah. So yeah. So we've got those guys, um, and they've they've been having a decent spring. Quite a few people, like for the most part, everybody seems like they're doing pretty well. The two guys that we're all like kind of keeping an eye on beyond Miggy are Daniel Norris and Michael Fulmer, and so far that's been a little bit sketchy. That's 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 not looking so good um, just yet. Like Fulmer was sitting like ninety ninety one. Um, I guess he was hitting ninety three in his last outing the other day, um, and that's you know, still far off the, off the pace. And, and he is dealing with getting used to the brace and, and changing his mechanics. Um, doesn't seem like there's anything wrong and I don't really foresee that being a long-term issue, but, but it is, it was just a little bit unnerving to see him, you know, Michael Former, who normally is 95 plus firing darts at people kind of, kind of having to pitch with a little more subtlety. Um, I don't know, maybe it'll be good for him to kind of have to work with that a little bit and, and build from there. But, um, yeah, we're just going to have to see how that knee holds up in his case. And then on Daniel Norris's side, he appears to be healthy this spring, which is great, but the uh, velocity hasn't really come back. And, um, you know, that, maybe that'll take time. I don't know. He he worked himself into these all this injury trouble over two years, and I suppose it's maybe too much to ask for it to just flip a switch in one off season. But um, right now it's kind of looking like he's going to end up starting in, in Toledo because they still want him to be a starter. 
he's still got four pitches and that's kind of where he profiles best. And if he can go down to Toledo and kind of work on it, the Tigers will, you know, they have one more option on him. And if they keep him down there long enough, you know, for two months, I think they actually get a whole nother year of control. And that would also kind of get, take some of the pressure off him and let him kind of hopefully recover his natural mechanics a little bit and get back to throwing a little harder. Um, so it seems like that's that's kind of where we're at, although Matt Moore hasn't looked particularly good either. So I don't know. Nor has Tyson Ross, really, but it is very early. Yeah, the whole Norris thing has me kind of discouraged. I don't want to be bummed out, but I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing what I wanted to see. And it is still early, but at the same time, I'm like, oh. Oh, Daniel. Yeah, if he had come out and was, like, throwing 91, 92 a little more consistently instead of, like, 89 to 91, maybe hitting 92, I'd feel a little better. But um, I don't know. We'll just have to see how it goes. It might might just take time. So nothing to be lost until until we have such a stockpile of awesome pitchers ready to go that they're forcing Daniel Norris out of the way. I'm going to just continue to just, just hope and uh, give him all the time yeah. possible to try to figure something out. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was looking at this article on Forbes today. Where is it? Oh, yeah. So that apparently in Florida sees $687.1 million, uh, or they saw that last year, um, based on revenue generated by spring training, which I thought was was pretty eye-popping, just just how much that ends up, you know, kind of affecting the, the Florida economy and what a big part of it it is. Um, let let me tell you how much I paid. Yes, tell to us. go see the shitty Tigers B team get clobbered by the New York Yankees regular squad with conversion for two tickets and parking. I paid a hundred and sixty dollars, and that is no joke. I have paid less than that for regular season tickets across the country at different stadiums. Like I paid significantly less than that to go see games in San Francisco. Obviously paid less than that to go see Rays games. Like, I mean, I shouldn't say, I don't think I've ever actually paid to go see a Rays game and I've been a couple times, but that's not the (laughs) point. But like, I pay less than that to get tickets in like Minneapolis whenever I go. I think it's absolutely nuts. And I'm going to do a little video on this for my YouTube channel to talk about the stadium a little bit, but um, you have to park in like a grass lot like a ways away and walk into the stadium. So you don't even really get the experience of walking in through the grand entrance. You have to take like a path, like a pedestrian path from this grass lot that you've paid for the privilege of parking in. Yeah. You're at the County and, County fair buying elephant yeah. ears on the way out. Yeah. And it's, you know, like it's a nice stadium and all, but 160 bucks to go see a baseball game in March when it doesn't count for anything is it's not cheap. Like yeah, and you're probably seeing a lot like of money. eight, nine players who are locks to make a major league roster. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's I mean rough. It, the Yankees lineup was good. You got to see Judge. You got to see Stanton. You got to see all of the the, the A name guys there. But like I said, it was Hicks and Stewart for the Tigers, and that was it. And it, it it's not a really exciting. I mean, we left, I think, uh, just ahead of the eighth inning because by that point it was the guys with literally no names on the back of their jerseys. And you kind of want to beat the rush out of the parking lot. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough pill to swallow for sure to pay that much money um, and, and kind of not get 
even a, a regular league baseball game out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you're not you're not getting the product that you normally would pay for, and yet it's more than going to a Tigers game, really. Oh yeah, it would cost absolutely more than any regular season Tigers game is going to cost this year. Yeah, I mean even with parking and like getting a beer and a hot dog, you're you know you can get pretty good seats at Comerica, especially these days. You know, yeah. for thirty, forty bucks tops, yeah, a piece. So yeah, that is pretty. Oh yeah, you're still paying seven bucks for the hot dog, and you're still paying, you know, nine bucks for the beer. So yeah, it's. And then you get a whole row of Yankees fans who won't stand up for you when you're like, "My seat is there," <laughs> and they just stare at you. <laughs> Those rude bastards. These eight people just stared at me while I'm like, "My seat." They're all sitting there thinking, like, like, my God, I paid $160 for this. And they're just grouchy. (laughs) They must have been grouchy and rude. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, there it is. You know, $687.1 million over six weeks of of Grapefruit League action, which has, you know, what, 14, 15 teams down there. And it makes it all the more clear why the city of Lakeland was willing to contribute almost $50 million to renovate the, you know, the Joker Marchant public's you know, stadium complex, um, because it's, it's just such a huge moneymaker down there. I I I was surprised by that number. I didn't really think it would come close to a billion dollars. I mean, it doesn't, but it's more than half a million dollars. I was like, that's only a couple weeks. That's huge. That's insane. Yep. So there it is. Even, uh, even spring training nonsense ball is big business or business. Business. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of it. You know, we're, we're, we're waiting for games to start being televised a little more. It'd be nice to kind of see some more footage. Um, we've had um, Keenan Carter and Adam Dubbin both down there. Um, they were down over the weekend, or maybe it was late last week, um, getting some footage down there, and they, they saw a couple games. And um, There's been some Matt Manning and Casey Mize footage coming out from them, and I know they have a lot more coming. So we should have some interesting minor league content um, on that front. But um, we're probably just about at that point where we're going to start turning our turning our attention to the major league roster and kind of doing some some player previews and figuring out who needs to do what and what are the keys to this or that player's success. So you can look for that stuff um, starting to come out on the site, you know, over the course of the week. Um, we've got Casey Mize left um, as far as a prospect profile, our number one prospect, but um, the BYB top thirty prospect lists. Um, profiles are just about done. I published uh, Matt Manning yesterday. Um, that one's up on the site if you'd like to take a look. And the boys I was just mentioning have a YouTube video up of some Matt Manning um, throwing against, I think, minor league hitters on a backfield. Um, so there is a little bit of footage of that as well. So you can find some of that content at YouTube and as well as on the site. Um, so, all right, enough of spring training for the time being. Um, we could talk about Chris Illich coming down and saying everything is going great and he's super happy with everything and blah, 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 blah. But you all know Chris Illich is going to say that. So who cares? Who cares? Yeah, you can't really buy any of it. Yeah. Just, you know, just, just follow Anthony Fennec on Twitter and, you know, you'll, you'll find out everything you need to know and possibly be deceived by the incredible snark factor that he's got going this spring, which has been impressive and very, very welcome. <laughs> Um, so let's turn our attention to Mr. Harper, um, because our long, long winner's watch has ended and, uh, <laughs> Bryce Harper finally did agree to terms with the Philadelphia Phillies on a 13 year, $330 million deal, which was really, um, surprisingly straightforward in the end. There's no opt outs. There was no sort of, you know, bonuses. Um, there's no team options. 
There's a full new trade clause, as I understand it. So, I mean, this was a a long-term commitment of the sort you don't see too much anymore. Um, even the Manny Machado deal doesn't really, you know, even though it was more per year, doesn't really compare to the fact that this is just a 13-year, we're going to do this kind of commitment. Um, so what uh, what were your initial impressions of the signing? Were you were you surprised in the end that it, it turned out to be the Phillies all along who had to do I was in line at Universal Studios for a ride when this was announced, and our Slack channel was like, but um, Harper signs, and I'm like, excuse me, and took everything in my power not to stop a guy ahead of me in line and like pull him aside. He was wearing a Phillies shirt oh, yeah. and just like tell him the news, dude. And I'm like, this this stranger does not want you to tell him this. Like, just settle down, Ashley. Um. I was surprised less about the money than about the 13 years. Like the length of it for active play is incredible. Like that's huge. Yeah. Especially for a minor league team, which doesn't, or minor league team. And the minor league. Oh my God. The Phillies are not that bad. Sorry. Down. Sorry. National league. Uh, I met a national <laughs> league team without the DH. <laughs> yeah. Not that yeah. I consider you all minor league ball just because, you know, the American league has won the last two world series, but yeah. Zing. Yeah. But yeah, it was, yeah, there, um, it was there, pretty surprising. There's a lot. It's a long-term, uh, long-term deal, and really, when you look at the, you know, the average annual value, it's not, it's not that much. Like he's making like 26 million uh, most of those seasons, which, you know, isn't a terrible amount. And you know, one of the first things I, I think I tweeted about it was like, yeah, just watch jersey sales in the next two days, and they were bananas, as were season ticket sales. Um, which just goes uh, to show you, like, I mean, Bryce Harper, you know, just by the fact of signing with Philadelphia and their enthusiasm for him has probably paid for his first two seasons um, just in ticket sales and the merch that, that's going to be sold over the next couple weeks, which just goes to show you, like, signing superstars if they're popular enough and good enough is well worth doing. So, Yeah, I my big thing about it, I think, is that it makes me feel a little icky the way it was handled in the lead up, like there was so much supposition that part of me has to wonder if, if not like leaked directly from Scott Boras, maybe like, you know, subtly approved by, by Boras where it was all this discussion of, of Harper not wanting to play in Philly and wanting to play anywhere, but the city of Philly and Philly, you know, we haven't signed yet because he's really hoping to get a better offer from LA or from Chicago or, from just a different city. And I'm like, oh, that's just, that feels like bad form. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but that, you know, that's how he rolls. And, you know, too many writers, and I'm not going to call out um, John Heyman or anything by name, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of writers who basically, you know, take a Scott Boris script that is sent to them and just report it as rumor, you know, and, um, you know, I don't know for sure that John Heyman does that, but there are some people out there who seem to, you know, report things constantly that never end up having anything, you know, you know, based in fact by the end of it. And all this, all this talk about the Padres maybe circling back after Manny Machado or the Giants, you know, getting involved or the Dodgers coming back into play, like, you know, none of it really seemed to, you know, add up to anything. And in the end, the deal was exactly what, you know, we knew that Scott Boris and Bryce Harper wanted, which is slightly more than Giancarlo Stanton's $325 million extension. They wanted to have the biggest, you know, total contract value in the history of American sports, possibly world sports. I'm not sure. And that's what they got. And they only got it by $5 million, and they had to get it by giving, you know, 13 years, um, 
rather than kind of getting, you know, 31, 32 million a year the way Maggie or Manny Machado or Nolan Arenado's extension in Colorado, which was awesome, by the way. Congrats, Rockies fans, on not losing your boy there. Oh, yeah, that one makes me really happy, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, it just kind of came down to that ego thing of, like, wanting to be, you know, wanting to be able to say this was the biggest contract ever. Um and, you know, in the end, that was fine. And, of course, you know, then the hot takes begin. Like, oh, see, free agency is fine. This has all been a bunch of nonsense. Uh, and then the counterpoint, of course, which is that, you know, no one was ever worried about Manny Machado or Bryce Harper getting their money. The problem is all the kind of inexpensive, you know, average veteran players who are signing minor league contracts for a million or $2 million. Um, that is that is really where the crunch on free agents um, and veterans is, is happening. So... You know, I'm just glad it's over. It, it went on a long time, and we're not done yet. We've still got Dallas Keuchel. We've still got, we've got Craig Kimbrell out there. Um, you know, neither of those are anywhere near the the, the type of player that's going to pull that kind of monster contract that uh, Manny or Bryce did. But we'll have to keep an eye on those two. But um, I don't know. Do you, do you think that the fact that this took so long hurt the rest of the free agent market? Oh, you betcha. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I kind of do too. Like you know, they held out as long as they needed to, but for all we know. They could have got this deal, you know, two months ago and no one budged. And in the process, all these other teams were kind of sitting around with their money in their pocket. Like, uh, you know, should we should we move away from this or should we stay in it? I do think if it had happened sooner, you wouldn't have seen the number of the friendly, like the team friendly, like advanced signings that we're seeing, the extensions. Um, I think there would have been fewer, but... I also definitely think it hurt the guys that were out there on the free agent market for sure. Yeah. Yep. It seems like it has to. Um, and you know, and it's just, I don't know. The whole thing has just been such an odd off season. And there's so many like weird little, little side <laughs> kind of sidetracks we could take, but we were talking before we got on the air about Nick Castellanos and Jose Iglesias and just this weird kind of dichotomy between like teams saying they don't want, you know, this guy because his defense isn't good. But if you're an elite defender and you're not, you know, a plus with the bat or at least, you know, average, no one wants you then either. <laughs> so, so it's really hard to say, like, are teams really like valuing defense and, and that matters, you know, and that's why some of them maybe wouldn't go in on Bryce quite as hard because his defense has kind of fallen off the past few years. Or is this all just kind of like the talk that they talk to lower deals and, and lower guys value? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It it's makes me tired and it makes my to... brain hurt. Yep, you just can't sort of like hone in on like what our team's valuing, you know, so so clearly anymore. Um, we kind of thought it was it, the picture was kind of becoming more clear last last off season, but then you just see kind of these same these same weird you know things that just don't seem to make very much sense um, based on what teams seem to be valuing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what's going on out there. It's 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 been strange times. It really has the past two years. Yeah, I, I I don't think I understand at all what's happening anymore. Yeah, you know, one of the points I can't remember who made this on MLB Network ooh, a couple weeks ago, and it was something I was thinking about too. And I don't know. I'm sure a whole bunch of people have said this, but it's just you just keep watching like all these guys signing one year deals last year, and then they come back into the market this year, and everybody else who was going to be a free agent is now there. And then, you know, some of those guys sign one-year deals and there's two, and there's a surplus and those guys just get shuffled into the minors. And because all those guys signed one-year deals this year, the same thing is going to happen next year. And it, you can just see this yeah. whole thing kind of like, you know, building up to just crush the, the older veterans. And it just and doesn't seem like there's anything gross, to do with it. 
yeah, this gross way that teams are just offering minor league contracts now to some of these guys. And it, it really bums me out. Yeah, it's it just feels like, um, you know, there's I guess there's no remedy, you know, that like there's just a certain group of free agents that are they're just not going to be served by by the current climate and probably any solutions that come um, to sort of the revenue issues are going to have to happen at the front end when players are young and, and where they don't get paid either by raising the minimum or increasing, you know, the ARB kind of, you know, evaluations or by getting players into arbitration sooner, something like yeah. that. But it just feels like those older veteran guys are, are pretty much just shafted at this point. Yeah. It's sad. It's a sad note. It's sad. I don't like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the players kind of did this to themselves. I'm not going to like weep and moan, but it is kind of a drag to see like some of the, some of these veterans who've like put in a lot of work and, and had good years, you know, when they were younger and didn't get paid for them, you know, suddenly like have a little bit of a downswing, hit free agency, and all of a sudden, they're, you know, they're minor leaguers now. Like you're not even in the pros, um, even if you put up two or three war seasons in some cases. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really weird. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole lot else. In, otherwise, news like Salvador Perez is going to need Tommy John surgery or has already had Tommy John surgery. So he's going to miss um, uh, the whole Mi- season. Miguel Sano isn't going to be ready in time for opening day he had to have a debridement of his achilles tendon or something like that yeah i was like what the hell's going on is like a separating achilles wound has he been hit by an arrow Uh, yeah apparently is fair paris lurking somewhere in the twin cities (laughs) i don't know oh we had to get some nerdery in this podcast somewhere it wouldn't be our podcast without some like ancient greek (laughs) mythology tossed into the mix I blame Brad Pitt for this. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. I would oh man, you're right though cuz now I I do want to dork out and and quote some uh quote some Iliad, <laughs> but I'm going to try to resist. <laughs> try resist, to resist the urge, urge Brandon. We've kept them in, interested this long maybe. I don't think we're going to win any favors if we start quoting Homer. Yeah, I know it. So, like just to circle back and kind of wrap up free agency. We have two guys left. We have Dallas Keuchel. Um, who's been a, a good starter for the Houston Astros, kind of had that one peak season where he won the Cy Young, didn't deserve it. Um, and uh, tell, tell us what you really think. Yeah, and then we got Craig Kimbrell, who's been, you know, who's really like one of the best closers of all time already at this point. Um, I think he's he's either 30 or 31, and it sounds like he, he wants kind of like a crazy long deal, especially for a reliever. Like he wants like five years. Good luck. 70, 80 million. Um, I would like to encourage the Minnesota Twins to go ahead and drop that money on him <laughs> and get crazy <laughs> and spend their wad on that now. That would that would that would make me happy. Oh god, that would be so weird. I just something about Craig Kimbrell I've never liked. And it is a hundred percent the stance. I, you don't I can't, like the bird I posture? can't get over the stupid angry crane move or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. Something about it just puts me off. Yeah, he's fun to watch pitch because he is a good pitcher and he's got nasty stuff but i can't really say i've ever been like a big fan either he just has that like hunter strickland type vibe where i'm like eh, this guy just seems like like an over-the-top kind of hard ass who's I you know, got too much eyewash in his game but i don't know just hate his beard so much <laughs> yeah i'm not really a fan of that one either he could do better yeah no no thank you but yeah I, I i'm shocked that nobody has picked him up like i'm sorry you still have teams out there that are have guys like Aroldis chapman on their roster who are garbage humans but you can't get a guy to sign craig kimbrell like 
Yeah, and apparently Aroldis Chapman's been throwing like 95, 96 in spring camp, which is kind of interesting. I got to see Aroldis Chapman pitch and got to explain to my non-baseball-loving friend why he's a dirtbag of a human. <laughs> I'm like, that's Aroldis Chapman. He can pitch over 100 miles an hour, but he's also an awful person. Yep, such a bastard. Yep, yep. Well, he, well yeah, I don't know. The Cubs are always going to be tainted by that a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, the Cubs is. have got a lot of things against them in their uh, yeah, the Cubs their do. roster lately, unfortunately. Yeah, they do. They've kind of got some uh, some check marks against on the quality some, human being some scale. Red marks and ledger, so to speak. Um, yeah, I don't know. Where do you find? Where do you think a guy like Keiko would fit? Who needs a starting pitcher right now? I mean, I still kind of feel like the Phillies actually could could use a veteran starting pitcher, but I just don't know if that's. Uh, you know they've spent a lot of money and they traded they did for the Nola JC extension. Yeah, and they got real. They've got Harper. Yeah, it's a lot. I love that Harper's apparently already like on Trout's case. He's just like yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, Philly. Oh man, that would be a whoa. That would be a fun. That would be a geez. Yeah, that would be. That would be. You know, I think uh, wasn't it? I think Chris Illich actually kind of made some like joke or allusion to like you know you know we just. We know, you know, there's some guys coming, you know, in 2020 and beyond, you know, in free agency, you know, and, you know, and that's when we're going to start thinking about maybe spending, you know, and, and Don't going even in. joke, Priscilla. You're not out here to get Mike Trout on our team. Ashley, you shut up. Mike Trout is coming I, to Detroit. <laughs> I would, I would buy that jersey the second it hit the shop. Are you kidding me? I would love to see Mike Trout in a Detroit Tigers uniform. I let's not kid ourselves who would not love to see that oh my god but yep. like big glory i mean i'd also like to sprout wings and have the ability to fly and that is probably not going to happen either yeah technology's not cool. no or mythology yeah or maybe. <laughs> as the case would be <laughs> yep yep true um, I'm trying to think of it. I was, I've been kind of racking my brain about spring trading to think of anybody else is kind of making an impression. And it's, you know, who, who, the one guy who has stood out among our top prospects has actually been Daz Cameron, who's actually, um, kind of, kind of just been raking at the plate and impressing defensively. Um, yeah. that, that's a guy who Tigers fans can be excited about this year. Um, cause he will probably, probably make it to the show in September, if not sooner. So you can keep an eye out for him. Um, yeah, Victor Reyes is, and is all buff now. He's been consistently on some lists. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Fangraphs actually had him like 45th in the country uh, for, out of the top 100 um, back, you know, when they did their like 2018 updated list in like early August, and they kind of downgraded him after the season, and I couldn't really figure out why because he didn't really do anything but succeed. But um, but he's definitely a guy who's who's just about ready. Like he's not very far from the point where there isn't going to be much else to learn in the minor league. So he's been doing well. Um, it'll be interesting to see him. Spencer Turnbull has actually continued to to draw Guardy's you know like love and admiration. Guardy loves him. Some Spencer Turnbull. Yeah. Um, I you know I I wouldn't have thought this going into spring camp, but uh, if Matt Moore struggles and the Tigers decide to kind of pass on him, Spencer Turnbull is going to have a real shot at, at getting a, a starting job in the rotation because. Gardy loves him, and um, the way this seems, this all seems to work, and Gardy has kind of alluded to this lately, is that you know the front office can rebuild all they want, and they can do their thing, but his job is just to win with what he's got and to push hard to get the best team on the field possible. So, you know, and they seem to defer to him. So, if you know, if that's what he wants, and he really decides to make a, a super hard push for it, it's not uh, 
not impossible that we'll see Spencer Turnbull starting in the rotation before too long. God, what a weird world. Which I would be all right with. That that sentence happened. I know. He's a, you know, the thing about Spencer Turnbull is when they drafted him, like we were all pretty excited about it. And then he just had too many injuries for years. And to the point that everybody kind of forgot about him and he wasn't really like a, a highly thought of prospect anymore. I mean, so far he's been, he's been healthy the past two years and it's all kind of come together. And he's, I think he's 25 or 20, maybe 26 now. Um, but he's kind of, kind of seems like he's coming into his own. Um, he's got a great pair of fastballs, um, pretty good slider. The changeup is kind of iffy, but, um, he's got a lot of pitches. It's like a pretty, pretty damn good repertoire. And we're going to get to call him Red Bull because he's got a red, red hair and a red beard. And he's a big fella. Yeah, I'm I like excited. It. I'm, I'm yeah, here there, for see, it. I can you know sell what? this to you. Red Bull. That's right. I, I'm on board with Red Bull. I find that really entertaining. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I actually tweeted this and he liked it. So he's in. He he, he wants that to be his nickname. <laughs> That's all the proof you need to hear. Yeah, exactly. Uh... I mean, it, it's also like, you know, it's it's completely obvious. And I'm not trying to sell this like this is Willen's a studio or something that fun. But <laughs> Oh, I love him. Yeah, Willen's a studio should be fun to watch. And especially with Sano out, it seems like he's going to get more playing time on the Twins. So that'll be interesting to see. Oh, I love it. Yep. And, you know, just kind of looking around, you don't really see anything really standing out in the AL central, like the, the Indians have continued to kind of stand pat. Um, the twins signed Marvin Gonzalez, which is a good move. Uh, that gives them a lot of versatility, but um, you know, they haven't really made any, any kind of big changes as far as like their pitching staff or anything like that. So I don't know, the whole AL central kind of seems like it's sort of come together a little bit. Like, you know, the Royals should be a little better. The Tigers may be a little better too. Um, the White Sox, I don't really know what went on with them this offseason. There was a lot of talk, and then they did nothing. And then the Twins got a little better, and the Indians probably got a little worse. Um, you know, they, they lost Cody Allen, who was, who was kind of struggling and, and, you know, kind of falling out of his prime. And they also lost um, Andrew Miller. And, you know, they had made some moves to replace those guys with Brad Hand and Adam Simber, but it's not the same thing. So, I don't know, kind of overall, like, it feels like, I don't know. They're they're kind of coming together in the middle. So not that we're going to win the division, but um, I don't know. It's it's going to be another kind of <laughs> weak year in the AL Central. Like I don't know. So somebody might yeah. rise up and surprise just by cleaning up in the AL Central this year again. I feel like it's going to be the Twins, but um, I'm still surprised that the Indians haven't traded a pitcher. I feel like they were so much on the cusp of that, and it just never happened. Yeah, and they didn't really go and seriously at least address their outfield. Like, you know, they, they made a little move here or there. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of thought they'd, they'd be in on something. Um, actually, you know, now that I think about it, um, the Twins and Dallas Keuchel actually kind of makes quite a bit of sense to me right now. Because mm. cause it's their, you know, their rotation is like Jose Barrios, Kyle Gibson, and, you know, a bunch of guys who really aren't particularly good. <laughs> and um, That isn't interesting. Yeah, and they don't Preston, have a great bullpen. I am, I am not mad at that. Yeah, that could work. The twins. Yeah, to me, I... it's them or the Angels, maybe too, who haven't done a ton with their pitching staff. Like they got Matt Harvey, which is like maybe that's something, or maybe that's totally meaningless. Oh my meaningless. god, I forgot about that. Yeah, so they haven't really done a lot either. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's some of the teams that we thought would make a push this off season really didn't. And some of the teams that we expected to be good and to stay good look like they didn't really do enough, like the like the Indians. Um, and maybe the Astros, too. Like, the Astros haven't really done very much. Um, they signed Michael Brantley, but they lost Marwin Gonzalez, and they lost Dallas Keuchel. 
and they didn't really sign any relief help, so I, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of standing pat and seeing what happens going on, it seems like. So maybe that, I don't know, maybe that forebodes a really busy July where all these teams are like, well, we'll just wait and see how it goes and see what we need, but yeah, I don't know. Yay! Meanwhile, the NL Central should just be a bloodbath. <laughs> I hope so. I have to cover it every week, so I'm really looking forward to it. The Cubs I've could really... finish last this year. Like this they is could. shocking, but they could. To be honest, the team I'm most interested in watching in the NL Central this year is the Reds. Yes, like I write about and for the Cubs, so I mean I'm I'm be covering things from a Cubs angle, but the Reds have made some interesting moves this off season, and I am deeply intrigued to see what they get up to yep they've still got a couple really good guys on the farm um like nick senzel and taylor trammell or trammell i no, it's not trammell what is it Tram- it must be trammell um but those two guys might come up and they've got luis castillo and a couple other pretty interesting young arms and now they've got puig up in the mix with yeah, puig they got and suarez gold scooter what the fuck is his face jeanette is that how you pronounce it yep scooter jeanette I was going to say Gennett for some reason, even though I know it's wrong. It's Jeanette, but like, I want to pronounce it incorrectly, apparently. I know, in defiance of his mother. <laughs> I mean, they did name him Scooter, so I'm not really sure well, they that is complain. Well, not his name. Did you, his name is Ryan. I know. <laughs> he just decided when he was eight to be called Scooter. Oh, and he it decided is just, that? Yes, he decided. That. He just announced one day that he would like to be referred. I think... No, I think the Scooter Jeanette thing is that he got, he did something wrong and like he, like his mom like called the cops on him somehow, like as a joke, like it was a family friend and like his, somehow the Scooter thing came about from that and it's like this absurd story about how like he introduced himself to a police officer as Scooter and then it like just stuck. Mm, yeah. That's and crazy. I feel like I may have made this entire story up now, um, and it's not true at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. Scooters, the, it was Scooter from the Muppet Babies. Oh, oh. But he changed that's it. What he I said. think that's what happened, is that he changed it afterwards, because he didn't want the police to know. Jeez. Hold on, I have to pull this up now, because it's ludicrous. Okay, he got his nickname after childhood incident with the police. He would constantly remove his seatbelt while traveling in the car, which pissed his mom off. So his mom took him to the police station to scare him. And when they asked what his name was, he said it was Scooter. (laughs) So (laughs) then his mom was like, where on earth did you get that? And it was from the Muppets. So he lied to the police about his name. (laughs) And that's where Scooter came. Wow. That's a good way to get a name. Eh, You know, it was was a lie. I told the police it became reality. So good. I'm glad I didn't fully remember that story wrong. (laughs) That was ludicrous. Yeah, I know. Um, for all of our loyal listeners, um, I would encourage you all to um, go to our Patreon and give us money. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that right here, and also go to Ashley's YouTube channel and check that out because she's got an intro up there um, on on the type of content she's she's gonna be hosting there. Um, it's really, I was like really pretty darn impressed. It was like really professionally well done. Um, it's gonna be super cool. Like- custom music and graphics and titles and i'm hoping um by this time next week fingers crossed next time we record that i will actually have a real episode up yep um so we'll see how that goes awesome and beyond that yes go to our patreon and give us money i demand it please and now the reason i do that now is because now we're going to get into the the portion of the podcast where if you couldn't already tell if we haven't already gone into this portion of the of the the podcast we're just going to ramble about some things i want to talk about now because (laughs) job one 
is, did you see the, the story that Mike Clevenger told Trevor Bauer about Miguel Cabrera calling his shot against him when he was a rookie? Oh boy, you just mentioned a lot of names of people I'm trying to not talk about or read about on uh, the internet. But no, please tell me this story. Okay, Mike Clevenger is in this, you know, eating at some restaurant with Trevor Bauer. And they're both like laughing because obviously Trevor Bauer has heard the story before. And he's already like kind of laughing about, you know, about this and Mike Clevenger not wanting to tell the story. But Mike Clevenger was a rookie and Miguel Cabrera came to the plate in a game. And looked over at Terry Francona, and Mike Clevenger didn't see this, but Miggy looks over at Trevor Francona and indicates 2-0 changeup, home run, right center. Oh my god. And and Terry Francona, like, kind of sits and stands there for a second, like, like looking at him like, oh no. And he, and he turns to Mickey Calloway and he goes, oh god, I hope he's wrong. And Mickey Calloway goes, oh shit, I hope he's wrong too. Mike Clevenger throws a 2-0 changeup, and Miguel Cabrera murders it into <laughs> into the bushes in center field, in left center. And Mike Clevenger doesn't know what's going on, but as Miguel comes around third base and is, is jogging home, he looks in at Terry Francona in the dugout and kind of, like, holds his hands a certain distance apart, like, uh, missed it by that much, oh and is just God. laughing. And so Terry Francona and, and Mickey Calloway are just shaking their heads like, motherfucker, this guy... And uh, they didn't tell Mike Clevenger that story until the next spring because they were so afraid it would just be in his <laughs> in his head. And uh, and by the time Mike Clevenger gets done telling this story, he's dying laughing and just like you know I was a rookie man. I just I was just getting up there and chucking it. I had no idea what I was dealing with. He's like, but yeah, when they told me that story, you know, I was like, oh okay, now I I know who I'm dealing with there. And Trevor Bowers is dying laughing at the story the entire time. It was great. Oh God, that's. So funny. It was a great moment. Um, you know, th- there's just there's nothing better than um, than good Mike Clevenger, Trevor Bauer content. <laughs> Ugh, except when it's terrible. You know, I gotta. I'm gonna. I'm gonna circle back and defend Trevor Bauer on one thing. Like he caught. Oh no. Yeah, you're not gonna like this, but he caught a ton of crap for his comments about like, look, I tell girls like, you know, straight up, like we're not gonna be monogamous. You know, I don't have time for a relationship right now. You know, whatever he said. Like I'm paraphrasing, but you know, like. Listen, baby, you know, you, you get me for one night and that's, you know, that's going to have to suffice. Well, it was basically stuff like I'll probably sleep with other people, like no commitment. And you know what? Like from a female perspective, I can almost appreciate that at least he's honest yep. and upfront. Yes. Come to me, Ashley. Here we go. Like, You're coming around to my perspective on this. No, it's like <laughs> we women it's like and I don't want to speak for all women. But, like, women, we we tend to bitch a lot about not knowing what's going on in a guy's head and not knowing where we stand and not knowing what relationship status we have. And I guess there and is men something. are miserable at communicating. So, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, here, and here's Often. the thing that I've learned about men over a long time, and men listening to this, because it's mostly men listening to this, <laughs> can, can correct me yes, if I'm Yes, tell me. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that you have to be 100% direct with a dude. Like, if you want to go out and do something, you have to be like, listen, sir, I would like to go out and do this thing with you. Because guys are terrible at hints. Guys are terrible at, like, suggestions. Guys just don't grasp subtlety. Yeah. And I and I learned this with one of my exes. And it's just like, if you want something, you have to ask for it directly. Yeah. And that's the only way you're going to get what you want. Otherwise, you'll just be disappointed. It's true. Because, you know, we're thinking about important things all day, like, you know, Fortnite and whatever. Well, the, <laughs> I just think that the, the, the very subtle nuance tends to get lost. Yeah. And I don't think that's a fault. I just think it's that men's brains and women's brains function differently. And women 
get get hints and yeah. i don't think men tend to yeah and i think that on that same level because we're not used to directness and we need to evolve that thing that it's so strange and striking to us for a guy to be like that direct and just be like here's where you stand here's what's happening this is how relationships work for me they are not relationships and it's almost like off-putting yeah but most things about Trevor Bauer are kind of off-putting because that's just the way he is. Like his his the way he functions and works with people is very like direct and to the point, and you know there's no nuance to it. Yeah, so I think he's blunt, and he often doesn't think about like how his words you know will will I, be taken. Or, or I think there's a, yeah. a lack of empathy there. Yeah, and and I don't think it's intentional. I just think that that's how he is. Yep. So, but he came yeah. out with a second video after he took all the crap for that first one where he kind of said all that and, and really like calmly laid it out just exactly like, like what you're saying. Like, look, I'm a professional athlete. Um, you know, it would, it would just be kind of stupid and disingenuous for me to make promises to a girl to get her into bed and then have her thinking, yeah. you know, that we're in a relationship and this and that when, you know, I'm a dork and I'm thinking about my drones and video games and my fucking spin rate and all eight pitches I throw and obsessing yeah. about all these things. And, you know, by the time he got done um, and, and, and it was like, he had understood that like people had taken that a certain way where it sounded like his attitude was just, no, I'm just going to use you for what I can get. And then I'm gone. I, I think, yeah, that people reacted to it in a very much like that he viewed women as a disposable thing. Yeah. And, and I think you're right in your context in that. I, I think that he probably just doesn't want anybody to have expectations of him beyond those on the baseball field. Yeah, because, you know, it just is what it is. And, you know, we've just seen so many, like, famous athletes, like, do dumb shit this way. Um, you know, and, like, you know, I mean, I don't know what you think about Tiger Woods, but, like, Tiger Woods, if he was the guy that he seems like he was uh, at the time he got married, had no business getting married. Like, just, yeah, just shouldn't have done it. And, you know, Derek Jeter, for all the kind of doofbaggery like giving ladies like <laughs> gift baskets with like pictures of him in the basket yeah, signed and stuff signed I balls think, and stuff yeah like he, like here's your basket now get the fuck out of my apartment in the morning um you yeah. know. <laughs> I, okay, I always imagined them getting dropped off at women's apartments but i really love the idea of there just being a lineup of them on like a dresser <laughs> next to his front door that's the just wonderful signs, image he signs the little just card like, in the just, morning Love. Just grab one. Just grab one on your way out. Dear Stacy, thanks for everything. <laughs> Signed, Derek. <laughs> My name is Becky. It's just one of those things, like, you know, especially young, you know, like men are men as we are, um, but especially young men tend to be really irresponsible. So when Trevor Bauer came out with that second statement, I had to respect it because he was really, like, clear and, like, and the way he put it was much more, it didn't sound disrespectful to women the way his initial comments really sounded pretty shitty. And I was like, oh, damn it, Trevor Bauer. You, you keep doing some dumb shit, and then you come back, and you kind of you kind of reel me in and a little bit again. So. Right. I would still very much like to divide him from the person he is that works on his pitching. Because, mm-hmm. man, when he <laughs> – as a pitcher, like, I, I love that dude. Uh, the science-brained a- nerd just makes me so intrigued and fascinated, and I just want to, like – plug a monitor into his brain and watch it work but like and then he trevor bowers all over the place and you're just like and if if people listening are wondering like what the fuss is all about i mean the problem with trevor bauer there's a couple but what it really comes down to is 
is that if he gets into any kind of discussion, especially with women on Twitter, he will invite all of his boys in barstool sports type fashion to just absolutely flood that person's account with the most, you know, heinous crap possible. Um, and has done that on, on a couple of occasions that apparently the Indians have, have spoken to him about it and kind of got on him, but it um, came up in his arbitration case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, so they used that against nothing. him as a character, yeah, as a character thing. Um, and he, you know, and it's just really hard to tell. And I have to admit, like, here we are talking about him because the dude is fascinating. And I can't tell if he's really a dick or if he's just so, like, socially unaware and has such low emotional intelligence that he just doesn't really see what he's saying and, and how it comes off sometimes. But, man, he con- continues to just be incredibly compelling to me. <laughs> I think it's the latter, honestly. And, and we've had this discussion before. But, oh, he just like that whole sports illustrated mm-hmm. like feature on him just left me with his unbelievable sense of ick yeah like the chills were strong i don't, <laughs> I don't know it was just i, I think it, it kind of broke the spell a little because i've always kind of been an apologist for trevor bauer because of how interesting i find him yeah it seems like um, I'm, I'm the apologist today yeah, you are. You are the Trevor Bauer apologist, and I just can't because I'm just. Uh... Ladies, send all your angry takes, or men, send all your angry takes to at Fiscadoro seventy four on Twitter, and I will accept your your scorn and ridicule <laughs> and hatred. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I saw that. I, I thought about you the entire time, <laughs> time I was watching that video. <laughs> what would Ashley like... think about what he said right there? Like, oh Jesus. Yeah, that, that, it's just quite quite the bro pair that those two have uh, have going on between them. It's been fascinating. And for some reason, it just feels like the whole, um, like, young... It's like the baseball player and girlfriend, fiancé, wife dynamic has become more prevalent just because of the social media. And you see, like, you know, obviously Kate Upton kind of being the queen example of someone who's, you know, wealthier and more way more famous than even her husband, who is probably the best pitcher, you know, of the last 20 years. And then, you know, I, I was telling you about that YouTube channel that um, what's her, uh, Carlos Correa's g- girlfriend started. And I oh, just my God. Yeah, you were saying This all seems like such a bad it, idea but... to me. Like, this all just seems like this is going to end so hard in tears, um, all, all this kind of um, trying to open up. And it, it's just that thing, you know, fans want to know more about players. They want to know, you know, their thoughts. They want to, you know, kind of see what their personal life is like. And it, it just almost always ends badly. Um, so watching Daniela Rodriguez punk... Carlos Correa in one episode by pretending that she had lost her engagement ring or, you know, like another episode where she had Carlos Correa try to do her makeup, which was a complete debacle. Like this stuff is fun. And I could see this content starting to, you know, to being good for baseball and appealing kind of to a wider range of people who want to kind of like know the characters. It's that reality TV kind of thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. But man, this could go badly. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And, but it's, you know what it is. It's because I, I was watching, we were when I was in Florida. We were trying to kill an hour before we we had to go to bed, and so like the Sunday night TV was um, E. Like there's the very Cavallari show, which is Kristen Cavallari's show, and her husband is Jake Cutler. And oh my God, Jake Cutler on reality TV is such a gift to the world. Oh really? Oh He's my God, seemed like very Trevor Bauerish to me. I've actually kind of thought of those two as the same <laughs> kind of guy. 
he is such a delight because you can tell how little he cares that he is on a like expensive reality TV show for a major <laughs> network, like the same network of the Kardashians and everything. Yeah. Like you, he just does not take any part of it seriously. Like at one point in this episode, she brings home a llama Oh no! and I'm like, and he, he's just like, you know, goes with the flow. And that's, I think I became a bigger Jay Cutler fan because of how little he cares about being on reality TV, but it goes <laughs> in and it's like, you see this real life, this quote unquote real life and it makes them more real. So yep. I, I can see that, but then all of a sudden you get the real and they're terrible people and it's kind of it's every time I see a guy that I think might be a good player or might be a good one to like that suddenly they're being interviewed on Barstool and I'm like no how can you not know yeah and like, a lot of them pretty obviously don't like Daniel was on with Barstool today and like Daniel oh, is a beautiful no. beautiful sensitive man you sweet gentle soul I know but he just you know he probably just oh. doesn't even think about it it's just uh, going on Barstool and, you know we're just gonna do a little um. fun, fun chat with Dallas Braden yeah, yeah. It's all you know. All these worlds, all these worlds are swirling around and colliding together. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like seeing up, uh, you know, it was kind of funny watching those Korea Daniela Rodriguez videos. But I just kept thinking, like, oh, this is this is just going to end badly at some point. But it also was like the most boring shit ever because you see exactly what the relationship was like, which is like when they're not doing something. Carlos Correa is exhausted from baseball and just wants to play video games and is like <laughs> the most standard boyfriend issue ever. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that checks out. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah, I don't know. I get it. I get what you're saying about Bauer, and at least he's honest, and there's no expectations. And I guess if you put it up front like that, right, then it's really on whoever it is to make that decision. It's like you're not going to change him. Yeah. So he's told you what you're going to get, and that's what you're going to get. Yep. He just kind of hard to be mad about that. Yeah, it really kind of is. Like you know, he just is how he is, and especially at this time in his life, just isn't you know isn't thinking about anything but I being mean, the best pitcher he can be, and that's it. Let's look at it this way, Brandon. Trevor Bauer has already announced that he will never sign a deal beyond a one-year term once he finishes with the Indians. So I think anybody that believed he had commitment in him is probably misguided to begin with and doesn't he want 6.9 million dollars per year <laughs> because yes. he's a child inside yeah yes it's always 69s and 420s everywhere yeah because because he is a child he's a giant 13 year old yep he really is he reminds me of you know like every every kind of dorky kid i saw that grew up to be like an engineer he really is just that guy, except that he taught himself how to pitch and is yeah. a fucking awesome pitcher. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So this was kind of a digression, but I, I wanted to talk about this. because I, I knew it would be like kind of an interesting, an interesting topic <laughs> in a, at a point in spring training where there really isn't like a whole lot of like really intriguing baseball news uh, going on. So, yeah, I wanted to get into that. Um, I love that that's your idea of a perfect topic for the podcast that is it's controversial <laughs> like you and i like you know kind of have like yeah. similar viewpoints at it but from different you know totally different perspectives so yeah I, I knew it would. i look forward to the tweets from guys who are like i understand nuance and i'll be like tell me the tell me 15 different colors of purple anyway i understand nuance i um i am a sensitive ponytail man but <laughs> i can't give you 15 <laughs> different ooh, shades of purple is tough and i'm a I, I paint too as a hobby and i still can't do it yeah i still don't have names for it all so yeah so it goes 
This um, is the worst. This yeah, is the worst ever. Yeah, that's right. I've dragged you into deep water here, and now we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> Truly hate you. Yep. This is this is Ashley. This will be my last podcast for the Bless You Boys podcast. Unless you go to <laughs> blessyouboys.com backslash Patreon. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I'm sure they'll pitch in money just to keep me on the show. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure I have such a huge fan base of Ashley supporters that that will ever happen. Well, you know... I mean, I guess the thing, the reason I, I kind of go there to get serious again about it is that, um, I don't, I, all right. Well, we've all kind of apply, applied to fan graphs, like occasionally fan graphs ask for people. And one mm-hmm. of the, and one of the things that I've consistently said is that, you know, like one of my like driving motivations in, in covering baseball is to diversify the fan base and to stop talking to like 55 year old white dudes and not, not having it just be kind of about like my dad and, and people that age, you know, and that if the sport's going to continue to grow, we've got to like, we've got to make room for everybody and stop being, you know, Mr. Hard ass, like, you know, talk serious about baseball guy all the time. Like we can talk about every aspect of baseball. And I just, I don't know. I keep putting it in my application too. So it's, it was on my mind today. Cause I got rejected at fan graphs today, which was, Oh, was it today? I'm sorry. That's yeah, fine. I mean, I didn't at least they, yeah, he told you no. I didn't get a letter last time. So no, it was fine. I just felt like I should I should apply, but I never expected you know anything to to come of it. But it was on my mind because I got the rejection letter today. That you know, that, that, and that's what it is. Like you know, baseball has got to keep up with the times and not try to lock itself into this like you know this hard ass you know dirt bag you know back guys off the plate if they hit one of ours we're hitting one of them like that that whole thing is fine to some, to some extent. But we've got to kind of broaden the conversation. Um, so, you know, I think that's part of our part of our motive here behind this, because who yeah. really wants to like there's a million podcasts out there where like, you know, people can sit there and break down advanced statistics and just talk numbers the entire thing. And I can't listen to that shit anymore. <laughs> I used to listen to some of those podcasts and I can't take it anymore. So, yeah, I've just uh, I just felt like this would be a fun topic because we're both kind of invested in the the the. <laughs> Trevor Bauer Enigma. <laughs> oh my God, I hate both of us for this so yeah, much. But no, yes, I'm loving it. I'm loving this right now. I agree. It's a good diversion. Yeah. The more uncomfortable everyone is and the more controversial a topic is up, the, the happier I, I generally am. So, except on, on Twitter where random people can just reply with nonsense. Ugh, no. Twitter is the worst. Follow me on Twitter at 90 feet from home. Yeah. And, and you will receive <laughs> like much better content than anyone else, you know. <laughs> puts out there all these all these bastards out there like we're, we're yeah gonna, it'll we be crowd part up. baseball and part me quizzing you on what you think the term bless your heart means <laughs> yeah oh that's funny okay can you can you say bless your heart to me in both ways like how would you say it in like a sincere way and then in the other way where it's like go fuck yourself Okay, here's the problem, though, is it's in not in how you say it. It's entirely in the context of it. Oh, yeah. Because in in my usage, it would just be always like, oh, bless your heart. And I think maybe it's that titch at the beginning that kind of does it. It's that, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bless your heart. I and mean, it's always, it always sounds genuine. And that's the key, is that if you ever hear it from a Southerner, it just, they just sound so, oh, bless his heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I, I think you have to add that little, Oh, as See, opposed to like where, right there where it tells me that you're that subtly you're saying like yeah. You whereas I think if I was being genuine, it'd be like bless your heart. Like it's that you know it's that immediately like bless your heart. Like you're just like you know that's sweet, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, but there is definitely definitely a 
and we, we determined this. I actually did this as a poll today on Twitter, so it, it, just for reference. And I've determined that this is a deeply Southern thing. Everyone I quizzed who is adamant that it's it's a shade thing says that it, they're from the South. Mm, um, okay, yeah. So most of the, us Northerners um, would probably use it genuinely but I, I would say arguably at least 96 percent of the people that responded to my poll said that they use it as um a way of saying you're you're dumb yeah <laughs> you're that's, a that's village stupid. idiot and i don't want to say that yeah. to you <laughs> yeah it's like oh oh dumb dumb that was sweet but you're stupid yeah um you poor so, dear like oh you poor dear yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh muffin that's the other one like i'll say that to my <laughs> One of my friends, I'm like, oh, muffin, and it's kind of like, it's a very sarcastic thing in in the South, and I'm sure we'll have Northerners up here who are like, oh no, I always said it was sarcastic, and I will bet that there is a Southerner in your lineage somewhere that taught it to you. Oh yeah, because I definitely learned the truth of it when I was visiting New Orleans, and I was like shook, as the kids say, when I learned. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Bless your heart. Yeah, bless our, bless all of our hearts, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> God, God bless our hearts, everyone. Oh, I Governor, like can I have a few berries to stave off the scurvy? <laughs> what, is this, what is this podcast anymore? Yeah, I'm. Hey, I so warned much. everybody that they should just leave now and give us money, and that's they, true. They, they stuck around, <laughs> so this is what you got. I'm sorry, <laughs> this is all my fault. This is not Ashley's fault. There was none of this was planned. I, I mean, I kind of it. let it happen, don't I? I never stop you. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I go let's, along with it. Let's go swim in those uncomfortable waters. And you're like, yeah. all right. <laughs> I'm like, just lead the way, bud. Yeah. But yes, you did offer a jumping off point. I, 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 I do. do reference. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was God. all just a trap, though. So. Um, yeah, but just to kind of like <laughs> circle all the way back to actual Bless You Boys content. Um one thing I wanted to mention is that we have added quite a few staff. I, we already mentioned Adam and Keenan, who um, Keenan's been on for a while. Um, Adam, you probably know as H2, what is it, H2 Polo Punk um, was, was his kind of tag. And both of them are going to be doing some kind of scouting and um, video content work for us, I think, this year, um, as much as they can kind of fit into their their busy lives. But we also have another um, another new addition in Jordan, Jordan Horabin or Horabin. Horbin, um, yeah, Horbin, who um, wrote for the Athletic Detroit last year um, and covered the Tigers as kind of their beat writer, um, and he's stepped on as well. So um, that's another um, another really nice addition for us. Like maybe like kind of beyond us a little bit. It's like to come from the Athletic to, to us, but uh, you know, as as a beat writer. But we're gonna have some content from him. He's already got his first piece um, up on the site, and so there's another addition for you in the new year. But to continue to fund the hiring of all these fantastic people who can't find baseball writing work elsewhere. It really, really would help us out if some of you could head over to our Patreon um, at www.patreon.com backslash bless you boys and become a contributor for the season. Um, we would like to be able to kind of float these guys a little bit more than, um, than what they're going to be able to get um, based on our budget. And if you can do that, it would really help support the content at bless you boys. I will leave it at that. Um, beyond that, please head over to Ashley's YouTube channel and subscribe there because there's going to be all kinds of interesting stuff coming up there in the next month. Um, and 
if I hit 100 subscribers, I can actually give you a custom URL that will yeah. work. Apparently, that's how that works. Uh, otherwise, it's just a gobbledygook weird number letter combination that I can't read off here. Um, but there is a link to it in my uh, YouTube. Not my YouTube, but my Twitter. It's the pinned tweet. So Yep. And you can always follow Ashley at 90 Feet From Home and follow me at Fiscadoro74. And please follow us at BlessYouBoys.com and BlessYouBoys Twitter Twitter handle. Um, even when we're not you know, kind of pushing our articles. Um, we try to have fun with a lot of what's going on in the league and, you know, just kind of fill the, uh, fill the internet with even more snark if that's possible. So <laughs> please check all those things out. <laughs> Ashley, it's been a blast. Thanks for letting, letting me uh, torment you as always. always. All right. It was a delight. <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. You bet. Night. Night. <laughs>